0: Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Workforce Institute Radio. I'm Joyce Maroney, Executive Director of the Workforce Institute at Kronos, and today we're gonna to be doing something a little different uh, because I am retiring on June 30th, and my guest today will be taking over my role as Executive Director of the Institute in just a few short weeks. Chris Mullen is a familiar name to many of you. He's a longtime Workforce Institute board member, and uh, is director of the strategic advisory team at Kronos. They assist clients with their human resources strategies and and just serve as a tremendous tremendous resource to our clients and to our customer-facing employees to help them become that much more expert in human resource strategy. Chris was formerly director of human resources for housing and dining services at the University of Colorado Boulder. He is a speaker, a trainer, executive coach, consultant. He blogs at chrismullen.org. His areas of focus include productivity, work-life balance, hiring practices, workforce management, and organizational and professional development. Chris also recently earned his PhD in higher education and leadership, uh, and his thesis topic was how mobile technology impacts work-life balance all that, and he's got five children at home during this pandemic. So Chris, you're a busy guy, and it's great to have you here with me today.
1: Oh, thanks, Joyce. Thanks so much for having me. I am, you know, it's great to be here. I'm excited to chat with you today, and i not sure I can fill the shoes that you have set uh, for me, but I'm certainly going to try my hardest, um, but you have been a, just a joy to work with over the last few years, and Four children, thank God. I hope there's not a fifth one. But four, four children, oh. <laughs> now, now, I have to say, there's mo- there, there are always more than four people or kids running around this house with friends and everything, although not during COVID. But you know, um, there's always a multitude for the house to be. Apparently, well, there
0: you go, there you go. Well, let's uh, let's get into our questions because I I, uh, I I know you have lots of other things going on in your stay at home bunker. Um, <laughs> So let me start by asking, um, you know, you've, you've been a board member for a couple of years now. I, I also I knew you when you were a customer and not yet a board member. So a few years into it, how do you feel about taking over the leadership of the Institute?
1: Well, Joyce, to, to say the least, I am super excited about uh, this new opportunity. I've watched all the great things you've done. The board has done over the last few years. Um, I so I, I am really excited. I, I think it's a it's a wonderful role. There's a lot of opportunity, um, and and the workforce institute I think does some really great things uh, when it comes to thought leadership, predictions, research that um, I just can't wait to get into um, more in depth than I have been already, and you know and and just trying to, you know, fill your shoes, like I said, is going to be difficult for me. Um, I see all of the great content that you produce with the team. And so I um, that has me a little nervous. Uh, but other than that, I think, um, you know, I there's this idea that working with the board and people who are just in the middle of work and human resources and just you, you know, our economy and in the companies, I think there's a lot of great diversity and ideas and I can't wait to kind of dive in deeper with them.
0: Yeah. And you you have been a member of the board for um, a couple of years now, two or three years. So how do you think being a member of the board before flipping over to the leadership of the organization has Shape your perspective, and you know what kinds of what kinds of things do you see coming next as a result of that?
1: Yeah, I I think for me that's good. That's good experience because one, you know, even prior to being on the board, I was a customer um, of 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 Kronos, and um, and then being on the board, I have that experience, so I know what it's like to be a new board member, not maybe know as many people, um, and then being on the board for a few years where I know many of the board members. Um, we talk outside of board meetings uh, quite a bit um, or collaborate together. I think all of those experiences um, are beneficial to to now becoming the executive director of the Workforce Institute in the sense that I can draw on those experiences to maybe help new board members um, on board or become more affluent with um, with our current board members and the processes that we have or the research we're doing.
0: So, Chris, the the Workforce Institute's been around for 13 years, um, started as a uh, modest uh, experiment in in social media and obviously has become a much bigger communications platform and thought leadership platform for Kronos over all these years. And um, it has uh, evolved a lot over the years, frankly, as, as, um, social media became more important as Kronos itself became much more, um, deeply, uh, expert and had more and more offerings in a broader suite of human resources products. Um, you know, it's needed to adapt to changes, changing times. And, and I would, I would assume that it will continue to adapt to changing times. So as, as you think ahead five years from now, um, what kinds of things do you, or what kind of ways do you see the Institute continuing to evolve?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question on vision and, and one I've been thinking quite a bit about. And and I think in a few ways, there's, I, I think I envision in the next five years, one of them, I, you know, I'm always, I've always been honored to be included and asked to be on the board um, over the years. And for me, one of the most valuable parts of being a board member has always been the discussions with other board members um, and our meetings where we have a lot of those in-person discussions or virtual discussions. And, and, and what I mean by that is it's not just getting together with people, but the, the makeup of the board is so diverse um, with everyone's roles, where they come from. And that, I think, sparks a great deal of ideas, um, debate sometimes. And and I would even call it, you know, some of the, where peop, the perspectives that people are coming from is very, very interdisciplinary. While a lot of us have been in HR, some of us aren't anymore. Um, there are board members who have direct roles in HR. And so it, it is a little interdisciplinary as we come from it from different lenses. So for me, one of the things is to continue to build on those relationships and that networking for the board, because I think the results are outward facing. When you have those great relationships of, of dialogue that, that then it, it portrays itself in the blog writings or the podcasts or the predictions that come out. And you can start to see, um, that as a result. Another area, um, uh, which you know I kind of talked about, but the research I think what I, I love that that the Workforce Institute over the years has developed and continues to do their own research. Um, the Super Bowl survey is one of them, and there there's been other surveys on right burnout and, and a few others. Um, and I want to continue that. That's that's kind of where my heart lies with my my PhD and my research background. So I would like to see us continue to move uh, forward. It, with that, I think there's a lot of great information that comes out of that research that uh, folks who are reading or listening can glean on and put into practice with their own um, companies, organizations, or departments.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and I think it's also there's a big opportunity here with um, the the Kronos merger with Ultimate because you're you know we're bringing. That huge wealth of, you know, brain trust uh, around human resources, technology and human resources issues. And I think that can only enrich, um, you know, what comes next to be able to tap into that brain trust as well.
1: Yes, just so many more people to look at and and talk to and and kind of glean their their thoughts and ideas. So I think for the next five years and beyond, I, I really like to to increase the research. I would like to continue the great relationships of the board members um, to get their thoughts and ideas. Um, and I think there's a lot of other you know with with the new world at work that we live in. I think research can determine or influence. Um, or be informative enough on how we actually do our work. You know, this idea of maybe pulse surveys as, as a part of the research is, is, is not, uh, far off my mind to have real time type, um, Indicators of what's going on in the world, at least from our board members or our customers or anybody who wants to just take the survey, and we can kind of see where are they? Are many people? You know, the COVID situation is a good example. How many people were shutting down, and when? When were they? When are they reopening? When were they reopening? What does safety look like now in the workplace? There's there's a lot of great things to do, and and it just builds on um, the great work of the Workforce Institute already.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a really prime area for the institute. Everybody keeps talking about the new normal, and nobody knows what the new normal is. You know, a week from now, let alone even a year from now. And I, I think that it's a you know the institute is a provides a beautiful opportunity with all of the very smart HR experts that we have around the table to. To help break that down and and bring insights from different places around the world about how people are getting back to whatever that new normal turns out to be.
1: Yeah, you know, and just you know, a good example of that during during the COVID was remote working. Right, everyone was like, "Well, everyone's going to have to remote work." Well, there's you know, we talk about this a lot, Joyce, but there's a lot of you know, from um, the Being Present book from the Workforce Institute, there's a lot of jobs that. Cannot work from home. They're not remote, and that doesn't mean that no one wants to grant them that. No, they physically need to be there to do their job, right? There's healthcare workers, there's manufacturing, and so just that um, that aspect alone drives so many different thoughts. Because if you can work from home, then people are like, "Well, you know, the advice is set a schedule like you were going to work." Well, that's easy for everyone to say. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily true for everyone or even a majority because even someone like me, who's worked from home, I worked remotely for the last year and a half. My days are still not the same. I have four kids running around the house that I have to homeschool find summer. You know, there's, there's so many more aspects of work than just telling people to work from home. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) It's a really good example. So Chris, I think you had a few questions for me.
1: Yes, I certainly do. It's time to uh, finally flip the script here on Joyce. And I, I get to ask you some questions and you're always the one asking them. So um, let's see uh, how you do with these. But um, I really want to kind of dip into your knowledge and experience. So what advice do you have for me on how to keep the Workforce Institute going and, and keep it a success?
0: Well, I think first and foremost, the the core value that we've always tried to adhere to was to make sure that the advice we were putting out into the world would be relevant to people and to leaders of people who need to be present to do their jobs. So you referenced the being present book, going way back to the beginning, we said, we know there is a ton of HR advice out in the world, people opining left and right, about um, you know uh, issues like flexibility and whatnot for salaried workers where you know going home with your laptop would be um, a solution for uh, more flexible working options but if you're a healthcare worker or a teacher or an emergency responder um, you may not be able to work that way so it's always been a differentiator for the workforce institute i think that we have insights about what these issues of better work-life balance and flexibility and employee experience um, improvement—that that we're thinking hard about what how our advice needs to be inflected in order to serve those people as well. So I think you know, sticking to that basic principle. Um, will always serve you well. and I think the other thing, and you've already touched on it is you know, continuing to look for those um new voices that are out there and and you know whether that's getting people on the board or Uh, talking to people via the podcast or in engaging with, you know, we've got thousands of of followers um, on our, on our Twitter handle. Um, There are so many people out there trying to do the right thing in the trenches of first line man management and HR management. And I think giving people a a place to come to and, and uh, ask their questions and have those conversations is really, really powerful. So, I, I hope that's something that will stay the same.
1: Yeah. And you, and you know, it's near and dear to my heart, the the frontline worker, the work-life balance. And even now, I, I would like to spend more time thinking through the manager-employee relationship, because I believe it is um, paramount or foundational to the success
0: of a business. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, Joyce, as you as you look back and you and you think about your time with the Workforce Institute, what are one or two memorable things that you'll never forget about your time with the Workforce Institute?
0: Um well, I I I would say um one thing is publishing the books. I, I certainly didn't expect to be publishing books as part of this effort when we first started. So the fact that we published four books between 2010 and 2020, 2019 actually, um, you know, that for me was a fairly significant accomplishment and and uh, you know, just a great way of of preserving um, this brain trust that we have that we have built over time. So, you know, that that was pretty cool. Um, you know, then there's there's other milestones we hit like, um, opening a branch in China and, uh, you know, also realizing that thought leadership in a place like China is very different than thought leadership is in the Americas or in Western Europe. And, and that, you know, that the maturity, if you will, of, of, um, you know, the way people were thinking about employees and leadership and human resources, um, you know, seven years ago when we, when we started in China, that they were in a different place and needed, um, some, some different solutions when it came to to thought leadership. So, you know, that, but that was very cool to be, you know, standing at a press conference in, in Beijing and, and, um, you know, speaking about, uh, speaking to a room full of, like-minded people about, you know, what's possible and, and what the future of the Institute could be there. So that, you know, that was a high point for me. It had, was not my first trip to China, but, um, it was, it, it still felt like a, a very significant milestone. Um, you know, as a, as a spokesperson for the company, as, as I'm sure you will be or for, for the Institute rather, um, you know, having all of those opportunities to challenge myself, um, in, in broadcast media and and uh, you know being being interviewed on television a few times over the years was you know sort of like a, a personal challenge and, and bucket list uh, kind of item for me so I um you know I feel like I feel very proud looking back 13 years later that something that started as uh, an experiment with no commitment, um, beyond the first year or so was something that we have been able to build into, uh, a significant and recognized, um, HR brain trust. And so that, that I'm very, very proud of.
1: And, and going through all these, um, some of these memorable moments that you're mentioning, um, what did, I, I'm really curious what have you learned over this process? Um, not just the memories, but what have you learned over the thirteen years?
0: Yeah, I think um, you know, for me this was always a it was a part of my job. It wasn't um, you know, it wasn't the 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 substance of my um my day jobs at Kronos until the last couple of years. And so I think that one important lesson is that um you know, if you, yes, if you want to play a bigger game, you, sometimes you, you need to define the game or bring the game. And, and so for me, I mean, I don't, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to frame the Institute as a game, but more saying, I always have had this interest in, in diving more deeply into what is happening at this intersection of technology and people at work? Uh, I mean, I've been at Chronos for 14 years, HR technology. I was a leader at a startup before that for seven years, HR technology. And so this, this intersection of where people are working and doing their thing and is is technology helping them? Is it getting in their way? Is it alienating them? Is it creating barriers between people and their leaders? These are topics that, that have always interested me intellectually, but wouldn't necess- wouldn't necessarily have been a straight line between. Well, gee, if you if you dig into that, what what is going to be the measurable benefit um, to the company? So, mm. I I think that um, uh, probably the biggest lesson is, I think if I had gone to my um, leadership and said, I want to build a think tank uh, that you know, and, and stopped there uh, that I don't think it would ever have gotten off the ground. But going and saying, well, I think we could take this this blogging experiment and expand it to include a board of advisors. I know how to do this. I will reach out to the people. I have a network. I can make this happen. I'm not looking for extra money to make it happen. Um you know that I was I was willing to stick my neck out and take some risks and and commit that it would have um, good and measurable outcomes for chronos. So probably probably kind of uh, talking in circles here, but I think it's it's being willing. If you really are passionate about something, it's still up to you to make that connection to your employer between what what it could be and what you can do about it. Today and what's it going to take to do something today, and take something like this one step at a time, and and be willing to stick your your neck out and take the knocks if it doesn't work out um, the way that you intended. So I, I feel like for me, the kinds of things where I have really succeeded over forty-two years of working. Um, You know, when I look back on a lot of opportunities I've had, it's because I was willing to plunge into something that was unknown to me and say, hey, I'll make this work. I'll make this happen. And when I think about it now, as I'm as I'm speaking about it, I think that has a lot to do with my willingness to say, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do this but others have done it before me. And I am not going to be afraid to reach out to other people inside the company, outside the company, wherever they are and say, tell me your story. Tell me how you did this thing. And maybe there's something I can learn from you that will help me advance my cause.
1: Yeah. You've got to, for success, there has to be some risk involved. Or for any type of innovation, correct? Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I mean, you're just doing the point. same thing the <clears throat> guy next door did, it's like, oh, <clears throat> you know what? It's it's not exciting. It's not going not to be exciting to your organization, but it's not going to be exciting to you either.
1: Yeah. And, and, and having that creativity, I think, is is, is also helpful. Um, and if you don't, like you said, ask some people. They have great ideas, too.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep.
1: (laughs) Right? Um, Yep. I know every year you ask the board, what are our predictions for the year? So, Joyce, I'm going to ask you, what are your predictions going forward over the next year or two, knowing that things are nowhere near normal? um, But what do you see going forward over the next 12 months?
0: Um. Well, I am, um, uh, since my adult daughter, who is a crisis manager, uh, had moved in with us uh, on a temporary basis right before this pandemic hit, I am steeped in facts and figures about the pandemic and what it's going to take uh, to recover from the pandemic. But I I do think that recovery from the pandemic and what that means on every aspect of work from how are you going to manage elevator and bathroom access to how are you going to manage people who, have um, you know, were sent home uh, back in March and they don't want to come back, uh,
1: right.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or they they don't feel safe to come back? I, I think that all of these HR issues are going to be top of mind for just about any organization you can think of for well beyond you know the the medical end of the the pandemic and you know, we're seeing a diaspora of people flowing out of cities, you know, places like Boston, Manhattan, San Francisco, uh, you know, people are walking away from their leases and saying, uh, you know, I don't need to live in the city and pay a premium uh, to be here if the the benefits of city life are, are no longer here. Um, so I, I think that employers are really going to be grappling with safety issues and where is the talent kinds of issues and how are we going? We, we, we got thrust into work from home, which might be a phenomenon that we have resisted for a very long time, but we probably have also come to a realization that, you know, the quick and dirty methods that we're using right now are not a long-term strategy for optimal collaboration and hiring and management and everything else that got knocked off its pins in the last few months. So, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, there's an election this year and I think uh, in the U.S. And so for the U.S., I think that is going to be a significant um, distraction, as frankly, it always is. But I, I think there's there's going to be more heightened emotions um, in the workplace in general than than perhaps would have been the case uh, in the past. So to me, those are the things we're, we're just we're just going through a time when so many people are revisiting what's most important to them in their lives. Where do they want to live? Where do they want to work? How do they want to work? Um, and are they willing to, and many will be willing, are willing right now to make some pretty significant lifestyle changes in order to, um, perhaps live a life that's a little more crisis resistant in the future.
1: Yeah, they're all good things that people are going to have to, and companies, not just the employees, but the employer have to take into consideration going forward it is it is definitely not the, you know the, this, you know the term, the buzzword, not the new normal um, that we've always known, and it will take some innovation and creativity to kind of be successful during this time, I believe.
0: yeah, absolutely yeah. And,
1: and human resources cannot to, to the your, your first point is human I don't think human resources can be an afterthought anymore. They need to be included in the conversation at all times, no matter the business, because if it if it has to, if it impacts employees, then they should be involved as the employee voice to help bridge it with the company.
0: Yeah, you know? I absolutely agree. Yeah.
1: So, Joyce, I, I've asked you your predictions, some memories. Um, so one thing i like to ask uh, before I ask you what, you, what you're what you going to miss the most, I think that's a good closing question. I, I first want to ask um, before that a question I ask a lot of folks is, you know, what book are you reading now?
0: I am reading The Overstory. And of course, don't ask me who the author is because the book is in another room, but uh, the book. Overstory, I believe, won the Pulitzer Prize about a year ago. And it is a book about um, trees, uh, would okay. be a really simple way to put it. Um, but the uh, uh, the role, it's not a scientific book, it's a fictional book, but with, you know, lots of facts about trees in it. And it's just a very interesting um, meditation, if you will, <laughs> on the relationship between people and the earth and, you know, how these different people, um, come together around, um, the, um, the mission of, of, you know, kind of saving the earth from people. So I would recommend it. It is beautifully written. It can be a bit of a hard slog. Um, but it is, uh, it really is a beautiful book.
1: Well, thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> um, so I guess I, I'd like to end it with, you know, what what will you miss the most about the Workforce Institute?
0: Um, I will miss the fellowship of the Workforce Institute. Um, for me, it always felt like a mission, more so than a, just a work program. Mm-hmm. And I have met so many outstanding people. And especially as the reputation of the Institute expanded over the years, it really gave me a lot of um, entree because it gave me some credibility to just, you know, shoot somebody an email or reach out to somebody through Twitter or whatever, who who didn't know me and say, hey, I, I, I'd love to talk to you about being on this board, or I would love to um, do a podcast with you to talk about this, this topic that you clearly know so much about so that, um, you know, the, the networking, uh, opportunities that I have had from the Institute have been enormous. And, uh, you know, so that, that kind of always on learning, um, opportunity that I've had with the Workforce Institute is probably what I will miss the most.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I mean it it is a wonderful um it's set up wonderfully for that, right? For the fellowship piece of it.
0: Yeah. I mean yeah. Def- definitely I have had the luxury of of picking and choosing um, you know, like-minded fellow travelers, if you will. <laughs>
1: Well, Joyce, thank you so much for having me on today and for, for I guess, being my first guest <laughs> as, I, as I continue this uh, podcast. Um, I hope I can bring really the same enthusiasm, intellectual curiosity that you have, and, and of course, your good humor. Um, and to everyone listening, I, I thank you for tuning in. And please continue the conversation uh, with us at theworkforceinstitute.org. And Joyce, any, any parting words?
0: No, it's it's been a ride. And thank you all for following.
1: Thanks, Joyce.
0: Bye bye.